You have tuned in to the Motivations for Monday podcast. I'm your host, author, speaker, and success coach, Rob Yanok. And I'm coming to you live from Living Word Church in Columbus, Ohio, where I am speaking to a group of about 35 emerging young leaders. In today's podcast, I will be talking about working together without falling apart. The five things you need to know to become a great team. Now let's go in to the live event. Alright, so I'm going to talk to you about working together without falling apart. And what we're talking about is five things that make a great ministry team. Pastor Howard asked me, to, or hey, good, asked me to talk about teamwork and about ministry team because you cannot succeed on your own. There are no self-made successful people. There's no such thing as a self-made millionaire. Do you realize that? Even Bill Gates, the richest man in the world, did not get wealthy by himself. If he didn't have a team, if he didn't have customers, if he didn't have a product, if he didn't have people designing the product, making the product, graphic designing the box that the product came in. Come on, somebody. It takes a team. The same thing in ministry. We have too many lone rangers. And you and I are not meant to do leadership or ministry alone. I am constantly, even when I travel, bringing somebody with me, one of my kids, and taking time to invest in them. If I'm going on a trip to speak somewhere and I'm driving somewhere, I'll pull somebody that I'm connected with to ride with me so I can take time and talk and pour into them and and they can help drive and they can help keep me company because I don't want to do what I do on my own. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 and 10 says it like this. Two are better than one. Amen. Think about that. Your life is better when there's two of you. That's right. That's because they have a good reward for their labor. There's a reward that comes to working together as a team. Think about that. It's a reward. How many like rewards? I do. I want a reward for my labor. Now watch this. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. Falling is going to happen. You're going to drop the ball. But watch what happens. One will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. Man, there's some truth, relevant truth, into that passage that Solomon is delivering to us today. Don't do leadership alone. Don't do... Well, I've got my ministry. No, you don't. Nobody has their own ministry. Whatever ministry that Rob Yanok has, it's together with somebody else. It's linking arm in arm together with somebody else. We are better together. Okay? 1 Corinthians 3 verse 
8. The one who plants, that's one job, that's one position, and the one who waters, that's another position, that's another job. Watch what he says. Work as a team. Those two are working as a team with the same purpose. And so my, my point in starting this talk, this lecture tonight on teamwork, is that relationships matter. Relationships teach us that we are never created to succeed alone. Relationships also teach us that true success is always a shared destiny. Relationships, teamwork, it's interchangeable. It's the same thing. All right? And um, your past, your present, and your future is always connected to people. You can't do life without people. You can't do career without people. You can't be self-employed without people. Everything about our lives evolves around and is connected to people. The idea of relationships are founded on the discovery that you need people to be a success in life. You need a team to be successful in leadership and in ministry. Why? Because they help us define who we are. Yes. They, they help us define what we can become. We actually, and I can look at my life, we can trace all our successes on pivotal relationships. And I can tell you this, I can also trace all my failures and mistakes, all of them, on pivotal relationships. Who I was connected with, who I hung around, okay? then it matters who we're connected with. And I can tell you this, teamwork, relationships, working together is painful. It is frustrating. It drives you crazy. But it's also rewarding. It's also wonderful. And the truth of it is, we live in the drama that plays out between those truths. Okay? It's, uh, it's wonderful. It's frustrating. Yes. I love it. And sometimes I hate it, right? <laughs> and we actually will live in between there. Now look at, we'll go read now Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Because Paul is talking to the Philippian church about teamwork and about relationships. And here's what he says. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count it equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, 
And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. Here's the facts. Here's the truth. God made us to have relationships. Now, before I can really dive into this thing called teamwork, it all hinges on relationships. Because you've got to be in relationship with whom is on your team. So here's the thing. We can have a relationship with God, but we also got to have a relationship with other people. And since the fall of Adam and Eve, maintaining relationships, maintaining teamwork has been the most strenuous struggle of humanity. Man with man. Man with God. God with men. It has been a struggle. Why do you think Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? That's the first and greatest commandment. Then he said, then, love your neighbor as yourself. He said the entire law and all the prophets hangs on this right here. You can say you love God all day long, but if you don't love your neighbor, what Jesus was saying is, if you say you love me, then it is shown on how you love the person you're on the team with. How you love those around you. How you love those who are not like you. Then that determines how much you really love me. Listen, God always sends people into our lives. And how we treat them determines whether they stay or whether they go. I'll let you think about that for just a moment. It's like this. God gives us things to use and people to love. He never gives us things to love and people to use. I walked into, I was uh, speaking at a church a few weeks ago in Fort Wayne, Indiana. About a month, no, about a month ago. And usually I, I had to do three services that morning. And I usually bring a, ch- a, a change of shirt because I sweat like crazy. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and um, I walked into the very first service. And the greeter that always, I go to this church almost once a month. And this, the gr- head greeter was there. And he gave me a big hug. And he just eyed up my shirt. He loved it. And he complimented me on it. And so I'm sitting there. I walk into the sanctuary and during worship and the Holy Spirit says, what are you still wearing it for? And I'm like, huh? He goes, give him your shirt. And I'm like, well, God, I don't have any, I don't have another shirt underneath here. And so I remembered, okay, I'll have to go to my car and go to my suitcase between the first and the second service. Okay. So I just decided to go out the second ser- after second service, went out to my car, got, my, got another shirt, got a t-shirt actually. Just, a, just a, one of my t-shirts that I have, I wear during the day. Went upstairs into the green room and changed my shirt, put the t-shirt on and walked downstairs and handed him my shirt. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you like my shirt, right? And he said, oh yeah, I loved it. I said, well, it's yours. I don't hold on to anything. 
It is so easy in this world to be so enumerated with things and so attached to the things. And, and we, we so many times put those things above people and put those things above our family. I told my kids, there's nothing I have that you can't have. There's nothing. My son came in my room and I, I, I love watches. I got a thing for watches. Like he's got a thing for Mustangs that he needs to bless me with right now, right? <laughs> and my son said, Dad, do you think I could wear that brown leather watch that... And I'm like, son, absolutely. He said, you don't care? I said, I told you guys time and time again. Anything. Anything. Nothing has me. I have given, listen to me, I have given four, four vehicles away in my lifetime. Especially after I paid them off. And I'm going, God, really? I get them paid off and have no car payment. So I end up, I, have, I, pay my, I try to pay my cars off early. Yeah, so I can give it away. Right? No. But my point is, he's saying this right here. You cannot value things above the people yes. in your life. Yes. And the people that you work with. Yes. Alright? Don't do it. Those, those things don't matter. Those things can be replaced. But the people in your life is precious. Yes. Because we live in a time. Listen, people will just, you know, what they're here one day, they're gone the next. And you, don't, you never know what time you have. And so, man, just value the people in your life. Look around you. Look at the people in this room. Yes, yes. Amen. Good. No, just look at them. These are the people that you're emerging with and you're growing with and you're serving with and you're going to be mad at and you're going to be frustrated at. And you're all going to say things once in a while to kick each other off because you're having a bad day. I'm going to tell you something. When that happens, yes. oh, it's already happened, I guess. Huh? Listen, it's going to happen. So settle it right now to be quick to forgive. Make a decision, man. I'm going to be easy to get over things. Make it. Just I. I'm decide. I am not going to hold things against anybody. Man, life is too short. Life is too short. Life is too precious. And the people around us make the difference. Am I helping somebody? As a leader, your most valuable resource are the people that you will serve with and work with. And now more than ever, an excellent leader must be an effective team player. Amen. An effective leader must, an excellent leader must be an effective team player. So here, I'm going to give you five qualities, five things on how you can become a great team member. And trust me, this is very practical. Matter of fact, there's not a lot of um, revelation here. Okay, but I think when it comes to teamwork, we need to have some practical implementing things that we can do. 
Our Andrew Carnegie once said, it marks a big step in your development when you come to realize that other people can help you do a better job than you can do alone. Helen Keller said, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Come on. Yes. Number one. Yes. You ready? Yes, sir. You have to learn to demonstrate reliability. Amen. Amen. People should be able to count on you to do your fair share in working hard and meeting commitments. Consistency is crucial. Amen. 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 Nothing more frustrating for a pastor is when something needs to get done and you got one or two people doing it when it takes about five people to do it, but you got about six or seven sitting around talking, fellowshipping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pastor, I was ministering. Yeah. Well, grab a chair and set it up while you're ministering. Yes, <laughs> right? Nothing, listen, reliability. Your team should be able to count on you to Amen. deliver Amen. great and excellent performance all the time, not just some of the time. Amen. Here's what Proverbs says, 22.1. A good name yeah. is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold yes. that happens through demonstrating reliability Amen. action Dietrich Bonhoeffer said like this action springs not from thought but from readiness for responsibility Amen. so right. be ready be ready to be reliable well, well Pastor Rob what, what if it's not my job oh dear Lord <laughs> so um, I, I usually fly Southwest. If I don't fly Southwest, it's Delta. But I was flying uh, a couple weeks ago to Philadelphia to speak, and I was on United. And now I know why I don't fly United all the time. So I had just—I'm getting ready to board at, at, at John Glenn International, and I finished my coffee. So I have an empty coffee cup in my hand. Southwest, before you even get on the plane, there's a garbage can in the, in the tarmac. Usually I just throw it in there. Well, there's no garbage can. So I get on the flight, and the flight attendant is greeting me. And she says, welcome to United. I said, well, thank you. I said, real quick, I said, do you have a garbage that I can throw this into? I don't want to take it to my seat. And here was her response. <sighs> <laughs> I, I'm just so thankful my wife was not on that flight with me. <laughs> because the president of United would have had to get leave his office. <laughs> and we would probably had 15 free flights for the next 10 years. <laughs> and I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I'm just. She goes, no, hold on. She turns around. Listen to me. She turns around. She takes one step and the garbage can's right behind her. I didn't see it. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll throw it away. She says, no, give it to me. 
I didn't say nothing. I did. I, I, I'm the opposite, but my wife wouldn't, she not would have let that pass. Some of you, I could tell by the spirit right now. Yeah, right? She need to realize she needs to be reliable, whether it's greeting customers getting on the plane, or it's just reaching back and getting the garbage can for a customer who wants to throw away a Starbucks cup. Even if it's not your job, be reliable. Number two, communicate constructively. This is very important. To be a valuable team player, you must be able to express your thoughts and your ideas clearly, directly, honestly, but also with respect for the individual or individuals you are talking to. It begins by communication. Communication actually comes from the word that means to share. It doesn't mean just to talk, but it means to share. Okay? And it means that you, yes, you may be saying something, but you also need to listen. Communication is sharing, and it's also listening. And it comes from the word that means to get to know one another. You really need to get to know one another. Well, you know, it's just not my personality, Rob. I'm, I'm not very relational. Well, you better learn to be relational. Because you need the people in your life. Amen. Turn your co-workers into real people and turn these real people into real friends. Learn to be friends with those who you serve with. Something comes alive in us and in them when we learn something new about them. When we remember their name. When we know their kids. When we know it's their birthday and Facebook didn't have to tell us. But somebody thank God for Facebook. Proverbs 13, 2 and 3. From the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things. But the unfaithful have an appetite for violence. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. President Theodore Roosevelt said the most important and single ingredient in the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. Work your hardest to get along with the people that you work with. And it starts by learning proper communication with them. You may be frustrated, but just excuse yourself for a moment, especially if you think you're going to say something, right? And think about what you're going to say before you say it. Okay, Because how you say what needs to be said Because there are things that need to be said In a relationship There's going to be things that pastor needs to say To volunteers That need to be understood And how you hear determines how you receive It's not all how it's always said Alright 
Number three. Everybody okay so far? Yeah. All right. I'm just trying to be practical. Number three. Pitch in to help. Yeah. I know that's revelation, right? <laughs> Don't look at somebody doing something and you know they need help. Right. Yeah. Get over there and help. Teamwork involves working with others and acting together yes. to accomplish the task, to accomplish the job. Great team players figure out ways to solve problems and get work done in spite of differences they may have with one another or at an individual level. That's good. That's good. I had the opportunity. I'm the chaplain for the Oral Bruce Quarterbacks Club at Ohio State. All that means is I, I go there every, two, every Monday, have lunch with either Coach Urban or one of the other coaches and I open up the, the luncheon and I pray and welcome everybody but I get to hear another side that sometimes the press doesn't get, okay? And, and there's some great uh, conversations that go on in that luncheon um, that we get to hear. And, and listen, as a wide receiver playing for, um, playing for Urban Meyer, it doesn't matter if you can catch the ball, okay? He wants to know when you're not getting the pass, are you going to block? How many noticed that in the past couple games? That our receivers, oh my goodness, are animals when it comes to blocking. I mean, if they know so-and-so, if they know he's going to get the catch, man, they are blocking. And they do it with excellence. Because if you don't block, you ain't catching. We need to have that in the church world. Listen, you can't serve in the nursery. You're not getting a microphone. Oh, I, I remember when we launched our church in Mansfield City Church, and I had two other pastors on staff with me, and we were, you know, we were building a team, and and we were already starting services, and we were already running a couple hundred people already, and I'm telling you, I I was so frustrated because we were needing people to help serve in kids ministry and nursery, and we casted the vision for it, and nobody responded. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> so you know what I did? I told my two other pastors, I'm not preaching next week. Right. Well, what were you doing? I said, I'm going to work nursery. Amen. Right. Amen. Well, come on. Yeah. No, if they don't do it, somebody's got to do it. All it took was one Sunday for Pastor Rob not to preach that Sunday. Come on. And everybody's going, where's Pastor Rob at? Oh, he's in the, and I told them, I said, when you're preaching, you tell them, Pastor Rob's in the nursery today if you're wondering where he's at. We had volunteers having, because they thought, my goodness, if my pastor can have a heart to serve these babies, what am I going to do? Pitch in to help. Come on. Proverbs 12, 24. Diligent hands will rule. That's good. That's right. Amen. But laziness ends in forced labor. Mm. Wow. 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 I tell my kids all the time, you be the first wow. 
my kids were the ones that served Amen. at our church yeah. here we had and they would serve faithfully when when you couldn't count on anybody else i could count on my kids yeah amen and they would serve and so you know, they've had a break over the past few months with me traveling and speaking and going to other churches. And my son, who you met today, a Christian, will travel and he'll serve and he'll, he'll, he still, I said, just because we don't have a church doesn't mean you've got to stop serving. Amen. 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 That's good, sir. Hello. That's good. If we're somewhere and that pastor needs help, you better be on your feet. I told my 14-year-olds, they went with me to, to the river, and, uh, and, and, and my son Christian, and, and they, they were cleaning up after the service was over, and I said, let's, let's help so these people can get out of here. Amen. And they're like, well, Dad, you, you were the one that spoke today. I said, don't go there with me. Let's help. Okay, pitch in to help no matter what your position is. Okay, listen, there is no more noble occupation in the world than to assist another human being, to help someone succeed. If I help Pastor Jeff succeed in what his vision is and what he's doing, which that's why I'm here tonight that's why I came I, he was helping me and bringing me in but I'm helping him and encouraging you Amen. because if he can succeed I can succeed Amen. and I want to help my brother Amen. okay watch this requires a weopic vision it needs to be this needs to be our philosophy what is in it for we Yes. So many people, listen, have a myopic vision. But what's in it for me? Well, what am I going to get? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about we. It's about we. We optic. Listen, personal issues and personality differences are secondary always to team demands. That's right. yeah. That's good. So it's going to take trust and it's going to take synergy Amen. for that to happen. Number four. You're going to have to learn to practice flexibility. So some of you type A's. <laughs> who like everything a certain way, when things don't go that way, you kind of get bent out of shape a little bit, but that's all, that's okay. Blessed are the flexible. This is a robber. If you follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you'll see my robberbs every day. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. You've got to learn to be flexible. You've got to learn to be ready for anything. Okay? Change is the norm when you're working in a team environment. Listen, change is the norm. Good team players, excellent team players flow and adapt to these kinds of conditions. And ready for this? They don't complain. 
They don't get stressed out because something new is being tried or a new direction is being set. Six months ago, Pastor could have said, we're going to be doing this and this and we're working towards that and all of a sudden the Spirit says, no, I want you to go a different direction. You've got to be flexible when He says, we're stopping that. Amen. It's not working. We're going to go in this direction. But why did he change his mind? Somebody needs to thank God that we can change our mind. I have learned to change my mind a lot. When you have kids and they're older and they got opinions. You as a parent, yeah, you must be firm. But man, sometimes they got some good ideas. Right? He got to be Flexible. I remember I had this, we had a team meeting and um, I had this idea and I threw out this idea. I thought it was going to be a great idea. And I, I watched some of the team, some of my executive team around me. Uh, and I watched their, how, their look on their face. And I could tell they wasn't sure about it. And I wasn't sure about it. I was just throwing it out as an idea. How about this be a great idea? And I knew it wasn't a good idea when my daughter said, Dad, please. <laughs> right? And so I said, strike that from the record. If you're taking notes, the bad idea, we're not going to do it. And after we went down the line, I'm so thankful we didn't do it. Right? Even as leaders, even, even as team leaders over certain ministries and departments, you don't know it all. Learn to be flexible. Learn to go with the flow. Okay? Proverbs 24.10. If you falter in the time of trouble, how small is your strength? Albert Einstein said it like this. The measure of intelligence is the ability to change is the ability to change. What it's going to take when it comes to flexibility is doing something a little extra. We all have to learn to get, go one step beyond anything that we do. If you're serving, go one step beyond yes, yes. what you're doing. Give it a little extra. If you're supposed to be here to a certain time, go on and stay 10 minutes after. Okay? If you know your team leader has a to-do list and he's got three more things he or she needs to do, won't you go ahead and take that list from them? Our leaders go out of their way to serve us. It matters if we can give even our customers and our clients and our people that come into our groups that one step beyond. I'm going to tell you, Making this a great place to serve and a great place to worship is those who call this their home. Right. Is to go one step beyond anything. You see something on the floor? Oh, don't, 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 don't wait for the person that's supposed to come and vacuum later on. Pick it up! Just do it. Just, just do it. I walked into the bathroom after service, say after the second service, and the, um, the, the trash can was overflowed, and it had some of the uh, uh, towels on the floor. I'm not, I am not going in there and let that stay like That's that. Right. That's right. Because this is my church. Yeah. Yeah. This is my friend. Yeah. 
I didn't come here today to be served. I came to serve. That's my heart. So you know what I did? Grab the grab the towel. Went three, four of those towels. Put them and pushed them down. Took five seconds. But I want to know how many guys went in there. Before me and did that. Because you can't blame the women. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. No. Let's go one step beyond. Number five, my last point. Is this okay? All right. See, you know, let me tell you, you can take this. I met, a, I spoke this to a restaurant group of employees uh, last Saturday of 35 employees. Redo it a little bit because you can take this and apply it to your career yes. and to your work. Yes. Or that you can have your boss invite me in. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Number five, work as a problem solver. Amen. An effective team player is willing to deal with all kinds of problems in a solution-oriented manner. Mm -hmm. Instead of being a problem dweller, problem blamer, problem avoider, valuable, excellent team members choose the approach that I'm going to be a problem solver. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 22, 29. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. Problems are everywhere, folks. Everyone has them. Malcolm Forbes said it like this. If you have a job without aggravations, then you won't have a job anymore. Right. Mistakes are going to happen. Balls are going to get dropped. It's going to happen. And when it does, what are the common reactions that everyone usually has? They scatter and run. Most of them will do that. Or they'll try to avoid it like they didn't see it. If you're at a restaurant and somebody spills a glass of water, do you ever see that? Has it happened at your table? If you've had kids, it always happened at my table. Watch the group dynamics here. A few people, when it happens, a few people jump away to make sure they don't get soaked. It's only water. A few people will just sit there. Hello, they'll just sit there. I've seen it. A few people will then, maybe some will grab a napkin and throw it on there. And then there is those people that will run and go find towels Amen. and be there immediately to clean up, even if it's not their table. Even if it's not their table. Next time the ball gets dropped here at church, it's going to happen. Somebody didn't turn on what pastor the TV this morning, the monitor this morning down here. Well, this, I don't know where the remote is. Well, no, that he doesn't need to find the remote. But somebody dropped the ball, and it's okay, that happens. You realize how many times little things like that are going to happen? You can't get bent out of shape. Pastor couldn't get bent out of shape, and he didn't. He was like, oh, well, handled it just like he should. But you know what? Somebody, I'm going to go the extra step. I'm, I, I'm going to solve that problem. It's not working. I'm going to solve it. Yeah. 
All right? Be that kind of person. Don't run away from these problems. Run to these problems. Jump in quickly because the fastest pathway to progress is running straight to the problems. Amen. Amen. So listen, you don't even have to wait for your leader to tell you. Uh, can you go? When I, in developing leadership, I always looked for people who were self-motivated first. That I didn't have to say, hey, can you help her out? She's carrying a box to her car. No woman should ever carry a box to her car. Especially when there's guys hanging out. And I've seen it in our church. I'm like, please, Jesus. I'm about ready to lose my ever-living mind. You know what? I was teaching our ushers and our safety team. Open the door for people. That's right. Walk them out to their cars. Help them out. Yes. Notice certain things that other people don't notice, and then solve those problems. That's right. Okay. Okay. I gotta hurry up. We love to be a part of a team and work in a place where everybody runs to the problems and not away from them. John Perkins said it like this. There are three kinds of people in our society. Those who can't see or refuse to see the problems. Those who see the problems because they didn't personally create them or content to blame someone else. And those who see the problems and though they didn't create them are willing to assume personal responsibility for solving them. That must be our heart. Now here's the idea. You will be known for either the problems you create uh-huh. or the problems you solve. That's good. You decide Amen. how you will be known. Amen. And the best way to um, escape from a problem is to solve it. Problems are not going to go away if you ignore them. Hey. You got to solve them. You got to solve them. So those are the five things that I think makes a great team. I I saw this the other day and I want to read it to you. I am more than I am, but less that we are. I sought my God, but my God I could not see. I sought my soul, but my soul eluded me. I sought my friend, and I found all three. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three... Yeah. Yes. Jesus is big on team. Yeah. Right. Right. Disciples. Yes. Three. Right. Twelve. Right. Seventy. Right. But he said, well, two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst uh, of them. We want God in our existence and in our situation, on our team, that we got to be a team. we got to be gathered together. Coming together, John Maxwell says, is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. But working together is success. Mother Teresa said it like this. You can do what I cannot do. I can do what you cannot do. But together, we can do great things.